Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. USA! USA! Shot clock turned off. Calvary. Hall. Eight to shoot. Hall. The runner! Loose ball! It's good! Williams Goss comes out of the pack. Matthews for three. Oh, my goodness! Morrison. Six. It's time for Zag Hoop Talk with Jack and Zag on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Here's Jack Ferris. They found mold in my apartment. And Rob Zachary. All I was thinking about is, like, how do you know which things to use to wipe? Okay, Zach and Jack, uh, sans sack, just Jack, just me for this one. Sorry, it's... uh, uh, Wednesday night as we're dropping this. That's the bad news. The good news is you're getting two episodes, at least two episodes, three if you count Gonzaga Nation SI, which comes out every Friday morning. Um, but this one involves our good friend Alex Jensen, the voice of the Gales. It is, of course, Moraga Week. So we're going to talk to Alex about uh, the state of the rivalry, where St. Mary's is as a program, and um, really a, a 30,000-foot view of, of Randy Bennett and what he's meant to the St. Mary's program and really the WCC. Barf, I know. It's gross. But I think it's important to uh, to take our Zag hats off once in a while and, and appreciate uh, what else is going on uh, outside of our Spokane bubble. Um, that is this episode coming up later this week. I don't want to put a date on it because that I don't want to have to put a time frame on me editing. But uh, Matt Goodwin uh, chatted with us earlier this week. Matt Goodwin uh, owns and runs and is part of uh, a ton of really cool restaurants and bars in downtown Spokane. If you know anything about downtown bars, um, you know the name Matt Goodwin. He, of course, had a heavy hand in running the marquee. And if you know anything about uh, the Gonzaga basketball program intimately from the late 2000s to the early 2010s, you would know um, that Zag players loved Marquee for a little stretch there. Uh, so interesting stories from from Matt Goodwin coming later this week. But first, folks, football season might be over, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance prompts to where your next fired coach will land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use mobile device, your mobile device, to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 5-0. Just use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Zagzo, by the way, 13-10-2 against the spread. They wouldn't be a bubble team. Against if they were trying to get into the tournament, if we were looking against the spread, Middle Tennessee State is like eighteen four and one or something crazy. Go Middle Tennessee State. Uh, bet online, the game never stops. Again, that's betonline.ag. Seriously, folks, it's that time of year. I know everybody fills out a bracket, but by Saturday afternoon, your bracket's going to be dead, and you're going to wish you had betonline.ag locked and loaded on your phone because. Boy, oh boy, when the Sweet 16 resets, you're going to have a good read on the team still standing, and you're going to want to make some money. So get the account going right now. BetOnline.ag. They help us. Please, please help them. Again, promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. Okay. Going to do something a little different here. I know all these solo jackpods usually get a little introspective and out there. Did Jack take an edible today? He didn't. Oh, we used to have those edible sponsors. Now I don't want to name their name. No free ads. Uh, on the Sack and Jack podcast. But um, yeah, interesting experience. And talking to Alex Jensen earlier this week, 
kind of um, spurned my thought process a little further too. So I'm going to name a couple of my friends in this telling. We're going to go, it's going to feel like we're on a walk to nowhere, I promise. We're going to come right back to where we started, so just bear with me. I'm using my friends' names because you're going to need to know the characters in the, the tale I'm about to weave, uh, and I, I really don't think they care. I'm not, I'm not telling the world anything they don't know about themselves. Um, so Saturday night, Santa Clara, right? I was at home on the couch. My feet were up. It, it was a nice, relaxing evening. Would have been better if Gonzaga covered first half and game, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I'll, I'll admit to it, I was being maybe a little bit negative on a certain text thread, thinking like, we we gotta do better than this. And a lot of you watching at home were probably right there with me. This, oh, by the way, is a team we beat by like 40 in Santa Clara earlier this year, and we were very much struggling with the Broncos. So my friend Connor was at the game, and at halftime, he gets on a FaceTime and he's trying to talk to a number of us, but it's just me that picks up and he's going, Hey, I'm hearing a lot of negative stuff out of you guys. Chill out. You know, Zags are sick. Now him yelling at me to chill out as I was laying on my couch and he was screaming into the FaceTime at a basketball game was an interesting uh, command, but I, I understood his point. And I got to thinking, is Connor right? Am I like a get-off-my-porch grumpy old man? You know, are my expectations so high that I can't even enjoy the Zags anymore? Of course, and you're a lot of you are probably thinking it, and you're 100% right. Gambling has absolutely affected how I watch basketball games, how I consume basketball games, and informed my opinion on basketball games, so certainly the outcome of said basketball games. But I don't know if I'd be much different if I wasn't gambling on that particular game. It was senior night, sure. We had we had former Zags, current NBA players in the stands. That was all very exciting. We were celebrating the seniors, all that jazz. But it looked like we just kind of rolled the ball out and we were playing Eastern Oregon. You know what I mean? It, it felt, the energy level felt like an exhibition game. Actually, maybe not even that because usually in exhibition games, uh, what, in late October, Zags are pretty fired up. Um, you know, they easily could have been up by... 22 23 at half instead of I think it was single digits they were up at half or maybe even 10 points neither here nor there I want to introduce to you in this story another college friend of mine we call him Sean King we call him Sean King because that's his name you know you have certain friends in the friend group where they they just have two names it's their first and last name that's Sean King first and last name kind of guy now Sean King God love him and again he knows this about himself he is type a to the extreme um, you know that campaign where you're when you buy a home, you're turning into your parents, specifically the one when they're in the uh, NFL parking lot, and the um, the stinger line as they're walking towards the stadium. You guys still thinking we leave around the third quarter? Um, that is Sean King. That is Sean. That was Sean King ten years ago, right when we were graduating college. Um, he is. A terrible, terrible, and I mean this in the best way possible, terrible Zags fan. He is a lifelong Zags fan, went to G Prep. He's a legacy Zags fan. Uh, all of his family, or most of his family, a number of his brothers and sisters, pretty sure, went to Gonzaga. He grew up destined to go to Gonzaga, okay? And he, in college, was the guy who nothing was ever good enough for him. You know, if if we made a three, instead of celebrating, it was finally... You know, if we turned it over, it was the end of the goddamn world and try not to be a window uh, within throwing distance of Sean King if something went awry uh, in the late minutes. So that was Sean King for all of college and certainly a number of years after college. Flash forward to a Sweet 16 against Utah. Uh, Zags were an 11 seed taking on the three seed Utah Utes and completely dismantled Utah. Shocked everyone, Zag fans included. Um, it was when Domus embarrassed Jakob Pertle, probably cost Jakob Pertle a lot of money in the draft uh, a couple of months later. But even in that game, the Zags were up, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating, the Zags were up 30 with like six minutes to go and we're all celebrating. I'm like flickering the lights, like trying to throw a rave vibe in this house. There's like 
12 or 13 of us. It was, it was a fun day. And Sean King is furious. He said, the game is not over. They still have plenty of time to blow this. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> to borrow Khan's demand, chill out. Everybody chill out. And I remember thinking, Sean, and I want to pause real quick here because it sounds like I'm beating up on Sean a lot because I am. <laughs> Sean's a great guy, great friend, great Zag fan. But um, yeah, he, he, he used to be really bad at watching Zag games. He's gotten a lot better since he's had two kids. But I remember thinking, if you can't enjoy this moment, what's the point of being a basketball fan? You know what I mean? If you can't enjoy these last few minutes of garbage time basketball when our team's going to the Sweet 16, what's the point of being a fan at all? And, I, you know, like, it, it didn't bug me because that's to Sean and, and he knows who he is. And, of course, like, when they won, we we definitely partied hard and, and he had some laughs about it. But I remember thinking in the moment we're so different in in how we process basketball games. Jump back to 2022. I'm, whatever you want to call it, evolving or devolving into Sean King. I'm turning into my parents, I guess. And I I won't apologize for it. That 2016 team... Um, I think shift the paradigm a little bit. If you go back and write the history of Gonzaga basketball, and I won't bore you with this, obviously, you know, the next year, Nigel Williams-Goss is our point guard. Shamick's healthy. Uh, make the run to the national. 2017 on, Gonzaga is a top-tier, unbelievable program. They weren't that in 2016. You know, in 2016, we were still playing with house money. It was still fun. Winning games uh, was something to be celebrated because it wasn't necessarily expected. If that makes sense. Okay. Different story now. Now, is Connor wrong for wanting to celebrate, albeit a close win against Santa Clara on senior night in Spokane? No, he's not. He's not wrong. But I'm not wrong either. Because the bar of expectations for this program has been set so high, and thank God it has, that I think it's reasonable to expect the Zags to beat Santa Clara at home on senior night by 25 or 30 points. It's all a moot point, funny enough, because what makes this sport so awesome and so excruciatingly painful is that none of this really matters until March. This team will define themselves. This year will will be written or forgotten about forever, uh, depending on what the Zags do or don't do three weeks, March into April. So moral of the story here in your Zag friend uh, text threads, there are going to be optimists and there are going to be pessimists. That's just how it is. Everyone's on the same side. No one is wrong. I will say this though. If you're not a gambler, I mean, good for you. And you're in a text thread with gamblers, at least know what the spread is. Have an understanding what the number is. That's that's gonna that's gonna do you more good than harm from the corner real quick question before we get uh, into the conversation with alex jensen what is more important than peace of mind the answer is nothing and that's what nordvpn is here for to give you peace of mind while you are online and with all the threats that you face today on the internet it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, full stop. They offer the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Nothing is safe out there, folks. Nothing is safe. Unless, of course, you have NordVPN. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash that's promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to get uh, up to 70% off your NordVPN plan. 70%. So you're thinking, wait, 70%? How much is this thing? Uh, it's $4 a month, folks. It's $4. So promo code BLEAV, it's going to be $1 a month. You can't afford not to get your NordVPN set up. NordVPN promo code BLEAV. From the corner! All right, Alex Jensen, the voice of the Zags. Alex I'm going to come out Zags. swinging. Oh, voice of the Zags, voice of the game, oh, not Tom dude. Hudson. Wow. Don't let Huddy see this. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> uh, voice of the Gales. Uh, Alex, I feel like I've known you for a little while now, so I know you're not going to take offense to this. For a program known for being white and scrappy, 
Is this the whitest and scrappiest team you've seen in your tenure calling St. Mary's? Wow. Scrappiest. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's up there. It's up there. Right. I mean, um, let's see the man in terms of, uh, in, <laughs> you said whitest and scrappy in terms of the whitest, I think the team that actually went to the, if I'm not mistaken, I think the team that went to the second round and lost Arizona when Jock Landale was a junior 2017. Might, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This team is scrappy though, man. I mean, you've seen them, you, you know, you know how they go. I, they I got a lot of it last year. I think, you know, we talked last year, it was just, it was a really, it was a really ugly year, uh, you know, just, but they kind of had to play that they lost Alex Dukas. And I think they got a lot of that from last year and just their personnel, you know, Logan Johnson's a scrappy dude, Kyle Bowen. Um, but yeah, it's up there. Tommy. What kind of guy is Tommy? Oh, he's the best man. I'll tell you a story about Tommy Cousy actually. Um, his dad and, and Randy Bennett, uh, are, are buddies like going back to when they were kids. So Tommy was a St. Mary's fan living in Mesa, Arizona, uh, when he was a kid and he was at the, I think 2010 WCC championship game when St. Mary's beat Gonzaga, he was sitting on the baseline. Mm -hmm. So Tommy, like, you know, Tommy, like I said, Tommy and, and Tommy's dad and Randy are, are buddies. They've known each other for a long time. Tommy's wanted to come to St. Mary's for a very long time. And uh, he's, he's as good of a, uh, as good as he's just, you know, I mean, humble. He, he has a lot of the characteristics he had when he was a walk-on, you know, I mean, nothing's given. He does whatever they ask of him. He's exactly what you want in, in a leader from a basketball standpoint. And he's just, he's a good dude, man. Like, you know, he's uh, he easily a guy you can just sit down and have a beer with and shoot the breeze. He, he, I mean, off the court, he looks like a normal guy. He's balding. I love that. Can't tell you how much I love that. Um, I, I love it. You can see I love it, <laughs> in every way he is like the, uh, I don't want to say ideal. That's the wrong word, but, um, you know, look up St. Mary's point guard in a dictionary and a picture of Tommy Cousy's there outside of the fact that he's not Australian. Does he have to like fake that he's Australian to fit in with the guys? Like how he's not Australian, how he's from Arizona is beyond me. Yeah. I mean, well, there's only two Australians now, actually. Uh, there's another one coming next year, but right. I think there was a couple of years ago, there was like seven and that mm -hmm. was the most in program history. There's two right now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think anybody who's like, not doesn't follow St. Mary's closely, you know, just sees all the white guys on St. Mary's and assumes they're all Australian. Well, right? dude, you throw in like the hair and yeah. I, I met, I met, this is a callback from a couple of episodes ago, but they look, and again, don't take this the wrong way. They look like <laughs> the kind of guys uh, who are, when it comes to deodorant, it's optional. You know what I mean? <laughs> they look like rough and tumble kinds of guys. Like the team playing could, could, could be smelly a little bit in the best way possible. I haven't smelled it. I mean, after a game maybe, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they shower. Um, Looks can be deceiving, I suppose. What? This day and age, Alex, what is a successful season for St. Mary's? And again, I don't want to sound condescending like this is coming from a place from, you know, a, a, a power program. That, that, that's an earnest question. At the end of the year, you, you're prepared to call this season a success if what? Well, I think you're, as of right, as of this point in the season, I think you're looking at it, you know, on track for a single digit seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I think winning a game or two in the NCAA tournament, getting to that second weekend would be, I mean, that's only happened once in St. Mary's history, you know, so that, that would be a, a, a big time success. I think it, right now you, you characterize as most programs do getting to the NCAA tournament as, as a success. I think that's the goal every single year based on the, the caliber of player that Randy Bennett's been able to bring in since they, they broke through really for the first time you know, I guess in 2004. And then again, when they started this, this recent run in like 2007, 2008, I think the goal every year is the NCAA tournament. And if you reach the NCAA tournament, that is a successful year. Um, so I think they're on, I think they're on track for that, you know, like a single digit seed. And once you get into the tournament, like it's, so, it's so dependent on matchups. Uh, but, you know, I think shoot under Randy Bennett, only three, three teams, I believe have won a game in the NCAA tournament. So I think right now getting to the NCAA tournament is a, is a successful year. Uh, you know, winning a game in the NCAA tournament, or I guess getting to the NCAA tournament is the goal. Winning a game or two 
or more than that would be, you know, a successful year where, where, where this program is right now. Once you're there, it's hard not to want more and more and more oh, tasting no success in the tournament is it's yeah. heroin um, because eventually it's going to kill you. Um, <laughs> I have a hypothetical for you. All right. Would you rather lose to the Zags this weekend, uh, make it to the championship game, lose to the Zags, then have a run to the Sweet 16, or beat Gonzaga twice, once on Saturday, senior night, once in Vegas, and then get demolished in the first round of the tournament? For me? Uh, yeah, no uh, question. B- double. I, I, that yeah, I think- and, and the fan base. You and the fan it base. Pres- if presented the option of, of either one of those, I think there's no question it's the former getting the sweet, you know, getting winning in the tournament, winning in March. That's the goal of any program, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, as far as the right, the, you know, the rivalry goes, you know, I mean, Gonzaga, I think we talked about this last time, you know, Gonzaga has just kind of obviously put itself on another level from the rest of WCC. I mean, Gonzaga's up there with now with like, you know, if you look at the talent, the only thing Gonzaga hasn't done is win a national championship. Right. At this point. You know, I mean, they're up there with like the Dukes, the uh, man, the the Baylor's, right? The Kansas. I mean, that's the that, the that that's the type of program it really feels like Gonzaga has turned into, and you know, that along with the fact that it, while regular season wins are are great, as you mentioned, you're judged ultimately by what you do in the tournament, and I think that's the way your fans judge you. I think that's the way the coaching staff judges what type of season you had. Uh, besides, you know, getting better as the year goes on, because I think they look at stuff like that more than fans do. Um, but yeah, there's, I, I think that's, I, I don't even think that's close for me. Like if you win two games in the tournament, I'll take that over beating Gonzaga any day of the week. Yeah, but you're a reasonable guy, Alex. You you have a good <laughs> head on your shoulders. You know, you you think things through. I think, I think in a vacuum, people would agree with you, but then once they're in their seats in Moraga on Saturday night and the ball is tipped, their, their opinion might change, but there is nothing. And I know you guys experienced it with Omar and the gang uh, quite some time ago. There is nothing like the excitement around the program between the second round and the sweet 16 that week when your team is being talked about in offices from coast to coast. And in your mind, you're running through the possible scenarios of you guys cutting down the nets in you know, 10 days time, whenever that championship game is. So I, I think you're absolutely right, but they're in the moment. You definitely want to beat your rival. It's a good hypothetical. Yeah. Because- and I, I, I think you think it's a slam dunk answer. I think if we pulled St. Mary's fans, it would, it would come back majority beating Gonzaga. Cause there is a, there is a hatred. Really? I think so. I mean, Man, I don't know, man. I I, I think it'd be the other way around. I, I don't know. You know, maybe you've experienced more of the vitriol uh, being, you know, I guess someone who represents Gonzaga, whether it be on Twitter or wherever. Uh-huh. But I I just, you know, St. Mary's only done that once. Been to the Sweet Sixteen. They've beaten Gonzaga before, and they'll they'll get opportunities to do that in the future. I, I just I, I think it's a no brainer. You maybe are right. I I I think it's a no brainer. And actually, I think the 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 more intense rivalry right now, maybe because the two programs are more on equal footing is BYU in terms of just YouTube YouTube hatred. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that game was awesome. That game was awesome, by the way, on Saturday. I know for a fact, man, that uh, the, the, the Cougar Cougar nation is not too fond of St. Mary's. Um, And I I think it kind of goes both ways. Again, I think part of that too is because, and I think there'll always be a, a good rivalry between, uh, you know, St. Mary's and Gonzaga, but I'll put it to you this way, man. Like, did you, you watch the game in the kennel? I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw, you know, we talked about the blow buys uh, mm-hmm. last time I was here. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, dude, like that, those two guys like embrace man. Like, uh, I mean, I just think that both guys are kind of comfortable with where their program is right now. And rightfully so, you know, I mean, and maybe that extends the fan bases. I don't know. I, maybe not. I think they're all, I think, you know, there will always, of course, be that rivalry there. But for me, just I, I don't know, just because Gonzaga is on another level now. I think I think for I think that the the, the, the more heated rivalry at this point, because you're fighting for so much more is St. Mary's BYU and, and this year USF. OK, let's talk about Randy Bennett a little bit. Speaking of being self-aware. So 
10 years ago, there was a few seasons where it was back and forth. You didn't know which team had the better trajectory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, as you alluded to, the last seven, eight years, Gonzaga has set itself apart. If you yeah, look I would at- say like the last four or five, five years really, right? yeah, really five was, years. 20, was that 2016 when like the winner of that that wcc mm-hmm. title game was going to be the team in the tournament that year when we just had domus and kyle wilcher and that was pretty much yeah, it. Wilcher. We, and we played six guys and yeah. we had to win the tournament to make the tournament. right we had to win the wcc sam, to make the tournament was sam dower on that team too was he a senior no sam team? was gone okay was we gone. we had nobody we had kyle Guinness was like our third scorer <laughs> like it yeah. was it was a bad deal because Shemek was out. Shemek would have been part of that team, but he got hurt early in the season. Um, but the Zags able to win the WCC that year, then go to the Sweet 16, I think mm-hmm. propelled them onward and upward. I, I think you're right. Maybe, I mean, who knows if if you guys take our place there and you go. I, to I, you know, I don't know. I mean, the facility, it, it, it's its hard to say. Probably because you had Nigel Williams-Goss sitting out that year. Yeah, he, the next year, Nigel. Karnowski exactly sitting out right. that year. Exactly. And th- those two, like in, in terms of a, a pair in college basketball, like that that, that year in 2016-17 when Landale was a junior and Rayon was a senior, Emmett Nahr, Calvin, I thought the Gales were like legit top 15 team, and they they couldn't sniff Gonzaga, man. Yeah, yeah, it, it's – it's funny to go back and play revisionist history yeah. because I, yeah, I, I mean, you know, you're right. Nigel was on the team at that point. He was, that's yeah. when, that's when transfers had to sit out a year. Imagine that. What a <laughs> novel concept. Um, so he was already committed to play there, but you go like that, Matt, you know, the streak of making the tournament matters in, in so many ways. And we were on the brink that year. Uh, it, it'd be interesting to see, to go back in time and see what would have happened, but we can't. Randy Bennett. Quick break before we get into Randy Bennett talk. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and ap- ad- adaptogens. Adaptogens. Adaptogens? Adaptogens. That's a big word for Elmo. To start your day right, their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focused, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar. One gram of sugar, folks. You get one gram of sugar inside of you when you like sniff a Lucky Charm. No chemicals, no artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. One scoop, one cup of water, boom, you're done, you're healthy. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V, again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, uh, back to Alex Jensen and Randy Bennett. I think if you look at his resume in and of itself, it's quite impressive. It's super impressive to take the St. Mary's program, what it was 20 years ago. He's been there for 20 years. People don't realize outside of Moraga. I don't think people realize that he's been there for that long. That's in, That's to be the head coach of a division one basketball team at in any conference is impressive as hell. Unfortunately, he's compared to one guy and it's Mark few. Mark few is yeah. the only other guy who's been the head coach of, I, I mean, coach K you know, a couple of, a couple of blue bloods, like a couple of stalwarts Bayheim. I mean, the list of guys who have been coaching at one school in division one basketball is probably less than 10, right? Yeah. I think Mike Bray's in there too. Okay. When yeah, sure. The Gales played uh, Notre Dame in the Maui. I think Mike Bray was like 22 or 23 years. So like I, that. that that's a, that's a lot to hang your hat on. You guys make the tournament every other year. It's got to drive Bennett nuts that he's constantly compared to Mark few and you know, he could, he could be at St. Mary's for 10 more years and go to three final fours. He's probably still not going to be in the same conversation as Mark few, just because Mark Fuse had the 
longevity of, of making the second weekend, making the final four. Um, do you, I know you know him well. He's probably private about this kind of thing. And I know even if you did know, you wouldn't tell me. But does that bug him? Does it bug I, him that he's he's the little brother in the conference? If it does, I, I like I've never seen it. I mean, it's funny. Um, I just don't think he cares about that stuff. I mean, I, he's acknowledged several times publicly that without you no know, without Gonzaga, you know, there's no St. Mary's. Yeah. You know, St. Mary's doesn't get to the level it's at without Gonzaga. And yeah. you could go on down the line in the league, you know, San Francisco, Santa Clara, whoever. Um, I just I, I think when it comes time to, to when, it, when it comes down to basketball, he just has blinders on, you know, like he is focused on one thing. And that is his team and them getting as getting to be as good as they can be. That's what I see. And that's what makes him so great. You know, uh, and you're right, like in a mark, in a Gonzagalus West Coast conference or a Gonzagalus world. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Randy Bennett still there. He's had chances to go elsewhere uh, in the past and he's he's remained in Moraga. But you're right. People will be marveling at what he's done because the team that he inherited was two and twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And here he is. He's going to reach 500 wins next year. Um, he just hit 475 last week. You know, so to, to take a program from two and 27 with very minimal funding um, and build it to what it is today, you know, it's uh, it's something. And, you know, I, it, actually, I think the coach of the year uh, argument this year is pretty interesting if we want to, like, you know, compare coaches because Mark Few certainly has a case. You know, he lost a lot from last year. And here Zags are again, number one in the country. Uh, of course, Shante Leggins, I think, you know, those are probably the two front runners, but I think there's a case for Randy Bennett because he brought the exact same team back that was four and six in the league a year ago. And here they are, they're a win away from locking up, you know, the second seed in, in Las Vegas in what's supposed to be the best West coast conference in a long, long time, maybe ever. Um, so while those two, you know, few and leggings and it'll, it, it'll probably be leggings. I don't know. I don't know. You know, few again, lost a lot, but, for him to do what he's done this year, I just I think that he deserves a little bit of attention in that as well. But in, in terms of kind of the, the big brother, little brother thing, especially when it comes down to, to basketball season, I just don't think he cares. Interesting in the WCC coach of the year conversation, you failed to bring up your old classmate across the bay. Todd Golden. Yes, of course. That's true. Because if we're talking about what Randy Bennett's done, then, then Todd's done it kind of at the same, le- same level, right? They brought in a few transfers. But I, I think if you compare those two guys, not just because St. Mary's is above San Francisco in the standings and has the season sweep over USF, um, you know, Todd Golden brought in a few key transfers and changed his team a little bit. This is the exact same team, the exact same team that Randy he, Bennett had last year. The, it's funny because on a, a kind of a different level, the the St. Mary's to USF relationship is a little bit like the Gonzaga to Arizona relationship right now. I mean, the the, the programs mirror each other. And I, I guess a compliment I'll give to St. Mary's is that, and this goes back to Randy Bennett being able to be there for two decades. The Gonzaga family is palpable and it's clear. And you could you see all the alums moving back to Spokane. And like, once you're in, you're in. But Randy Bennett's been able to build that oddly enough in the East Bay. Now it's, it's a small, again, Gonzaga's in Spokane. We're the, we're the yeah. top ticket in town and have been for 20 years. You guys are competing in the Bay area. You know what I mean? People really care about St. Mary's basketball, maybe six weeks out of the year, yeah. more, most likely like one or two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so to, to build that family atmosphere is really, I hate to say it, a testament to him. And that's, I hate a, to that's say it. I, <laughs> <laughs> look, this is a Gonzaga pun. Our listeners would, I get would, it. I get yeah. it. <laughs> um, I, get I, it. I love, I love my Gonzaga friends, man. I mean, you included, I guess. When you're in the media world, you're, you're atta- detached from it a little bit. Um, yeah. But the fans, it's like, it's just, it means more to them. You know what I mean? I, I know for a fact that there's a lot of Gonzaga fans who love the idea of St. Mary's fans hating them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> like it gives them what? fuel. I, yeah, I, and I, th- I just, I don't know. I, I, um, I definitely think the rivalry, ex- you know, is there in, in that sense. 
um, when I, I as, in the media too, I mean, you mentioned it's a different world in the media. So I guess it's kind of hard for me to, to judge because I'm not in the, the fan interactions, but I, I don't know what it is. I'm not sure if maybe the, the rivalry has lost a little bit of luster over the last few years, you know, competitively, I thought St. Mary, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't see the Santa Clara game. Uh, in Spokane, mm-hmm. where I, I know Gonzaga won by 12. I'm not it, sure. If... It, it wasn't a great showing by the Zags. Right. Yeah. I felt like the the, the St. Mary's game in Spokane, I felt like Gonzaga played pretty well in that game. You know, Drew Timmy couldn't miss. And so I feel like the competitiveness on the floor is still there. You know, when the Gales are good, there's no coach in the league that knows how to compete with Gonzaga like Randy Bennett does. And I think that that definitely gives the rivalry some fuel but St. Mary's is going to have to beat Gonzaga a few times for the rivalry to become what it has been in the past. I agree with that a hundredfold. I think Bennett is the only guy who really knows how to do it. It certainly isn't Mark Pope. Mark Pope has no <laughs> idea how to beat the Zags. Um, I have to bring this up on Randy Bennett. Scheduling. I, a, a, a knock on the program is oftentimes they don't play anybody. It's just like us. I mean, we have the same conference. We know, we know what it is to play in the WCC. Um, I have to imagine that Randy Bennett is bending over backwards to try to get not even a home and home, but um, you know, a neutral neutral with several power five teams every year that, the, but you know, for say like, you know, you, you played and lost to Wisconsin in the um, the Maui final, but sure. some something like a, a Michigan State would Michigan State ever come to play you guys in San Francisco? And uh, to your knowledge, how often are those Man. conversations happening? And how close hard, are you? Yeah, I have a hard time seeing Michigan State coming out to to San Francisco. Even um, you know, I think this the scheduling uh, the scheduling critique if you will, was pretty valid a few years ago, but really going back to starting in 1819, I think St. Mary's has been pretty creative of, I'm looking at their schedule right now, like starting in 1819, you had a, a, you know, a, a neutral in Las Vegas, Utah state, Mississippi state, you know, Cal at home. They also played LSU in Las Vegas. They were at Western Kentucky, Um, you know, 1920, you go to that, they started the season with a neutral against Wisconsin. They had Fresno State in a neutral. They started a home-and-home home with Utah State. They played Dayton in a neutral, Arizona State in a neutral, Nevada in a neutral. So, you know, and then you, you – you, and last year, you know, scheduling was kind of out the window, right, with the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you come to this year, you come to this year, St. Mary's playing in the Maui Invitational. Yeah. You go at Utah State, at Colorado State, as return in home-and-homes there. Uh, San Diego State in a neutral. I think what the Gales have done really well is is figuring out teams to to get them to play in Moraga uh, as those quote unquote buy games that that turn out to have a pretty good net ranking. Right, like Missouri State um, is in the top seventy five. Uh, you know, UC Riverside's at the top of the Big West, which these aren't going to shatter the earth or anything like that, right? But you know, I thought the critique was fair a few years ago. That was now I'm just now, not so sure. You know, like I mean, the, the best that the Gales are going to get in a home and home is is a mountain west club a good yeah. mountain west club i think i just don't see anybody from the pac-12 coming to moraga i don't see anybody from the the big 12 the big 10 any of the power six you know if you include the big east i just don't see it happening so st mary's had to get more creative in that way two things just to clarify you're talking about the conclusion of the 2017 2018 season where yeah. you you guys had like three losses or three or five losses but you missed the tournament because you didn't play anybody, right? Am I mistaken that? No, that's correct. I mean, in that year too, the Gales were in the Wooden Legacy. Let's see, they were thirty and five. Uh, let's see, twenty nine and five. I think twenty nine and five. Twenty nine and five is a hell of a run. Twenty eight and five. Pardon me. To end the regular season, um, and their losses. Actually, that was the last time that Gonzaga lost at home. Uh, St. Mary's won at Gonzaga that year. I mean, part of that was probably the, the WCC was down. I'm looking at the schedule too. The other, I think, uh, you know, Dayton, that was the back end of a home and home with Dayton and uh, St. Mary's expected Dayton. You certainly expected Dayton to be better than they were that year. That was kind of a transition. It was Anthony Grant's first season. They were at Cal. That was Wyking Jones's first year. So that didn't turn out to be very good. And then 
St. Mary's is also in the Wooden Legacy, where they got Harvard, Washington State, and Georgia. Washington State, if I'm not mistaken, upset somebody in that first round. Harvard wasn't as good as people thought they were going to be. They had some injuries. And, you know, of course, since St. Mary's didn't beat Washington State in the semifinals, they didn't get a chance at San Diego State in the finals. So, yes, the schedule was not nearly as robust as it is right now. You know, you weren't – you didn't get those those neutral site games. The WCC going to a 16-game season helped that a lot because it gives you two extra games. You, know, you can still get all those bye games and go out and get a neutral game against a Dayton, against San Diego State, yeah. against whoever, you know, or play in the, something like the Maui Invitational. So, yes, that was that year. And I do think, again, I mean, while the schedule was weak, I do think that things – didn't break the way that maybe exactly St. Mary's thought that it, they would break. Damn, talked about Dayton, talked about Cal, talked about whoever, you know, because those were year two of a, of a home and home series, or in the Cal case, it was actually a two for one. So that's what it takes, right? You look at that right there, a bottom of the barrel Pac-12 program. For St. Mary's to get Cal on the schedule, they had to play in Berkeley twice and in Moraga once. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're talking about here, man. Like, and St. Mary's, and, Saint, St. Mary's is twice the program Cal is. I will say that. Right at this point, yeah. Who? who oh, would say at no? this point, I like, who would say no. On it, <laughs> you know, Cal. Cal had a solid team. What with Jalen, like five years ago, six. That years was the ago. first year of that series, and they lost to Hawaii in Spokane in the first round. Right, like that. That program has shown glimpses from time to time with Montgomery a little bit. But they've never been. I mean, I, I would have. I over the last twenty years, I would take St. Mary's a hundred out of a hundred times. Right, and no so doubt. it's just crazy the perception that people have. Oh, but they're in the Pac-12. They play in Oakland. You guys play in Moraga. Right. You know what I mean? Or they play you in Berkeley. Give me, give me a home and home with Colorado State or Utah State any day right now. So uh, rather than playing Cal, and obviously there, there's a lot of politics that go into it. And I mean, I hate to say it, egos. Sure. What's from? What's preventing you guys from just taking a paycheck and going to play at Chapel Hill? Hey, you know, we'll come, think, we'll, why would, why would St. Mary's do that right now? I, I, why not? What, why? Let me, let me flip it on its ear. Why would North Carolina do that? Oh, okay. I understand that it's lose, lose for North Carolina, but it's a quality home opponent. That I think, you, and you don't have to return the favor if you're North Carolina. Whereas I, it's yeah. a win-win for you guys. If you guys lose more often than not, North Carolina is going to be a quad one loss. That doesn't hurt at all. But at the same time, you, you flip it on its ear and talk about recruiting and everything like that, right? You know, I, I think that Randy Bennett believes, and rightfully so, in my opinion, that this program has eclipsed being at the level of a bye game. You know, See, the that, way that he's that, doing it right now is it's a top 75 strength of schedule. You win enough games, you're an at-large easy. St. And I, is 22 and 6, and they're easily an at-large right now. And I'm with so, you. And, and like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of politics and, and not unfortunately, but there is a lot of ego involved. And I, I, I don't think that's a knock, you know, it's, it's, it's healthy as a program to be like, no, here's where we're at. Come meet us here. Or we're not playing at all. I totally yeah, understand I, that. I think you keep wanting want to, you keep wanting to, um, you know, raise the bar in, in terms of, you know, what you'll accept from a scheduling standpoint as well. I mean, would North, would St. Mary's do that if presented the opportunity? Maybe. I'm not saying they wouldn't. Yeah. No, uh, if a program like North Carolina came, but if you have a, if you have a program in the ACC, not this year's ACC, but yeah. the ACC in general, uh, you know, or the big 10 or whatever, maybe not the PAC 12, but the big 10 or the big 12, you know, why would you, you know, throw $40,000 or whatever the price is at a program like St. Mary's, you know, you can put St. Mary's at the same level as like, you know, a Loyola Chicago, a yeah. Dayton, something yeah, yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. Where although St. Mary's hasn't had the same type of success in March, it's a lose, lose for a program like North Carolina. So I think even if the Gales wanted to do that, I don't think that option would be on the table. I agree, but it is a sexy non-conference game that they can sell tickets to. Not that those programs, not that those stadiums, not that those um, athletic departments have, issues selling tickets but that's kind of fun in november yeah. it's like oh st mary's is in town i think well, I, I i wish i wish uh, i wish that there were more games like it, those games are good for college basketball like i mean i've been to a few of these neutral site games where there's like no neutral people site. in an nba arena it's brutal yes. man i, I was well, good for both programs to get that game on a neutral site i just that's not what college basketball is all about I will say, unless it's like a fake neutral game, like uh, Gonzaga playing in Seattle, that's not really right. a neutral game. USF but, played Davidson at, at Chase Center, right? right Same right, thing. Yeah. Right, right. Um, 
I don't want to, uh, we could talk, we can nerd out on WCC basketball for <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> an hour longer, but I, I, there's so many factors go into the success of a program. And for example, if you guys make a run to the sweet 16 this year, and if you guys make a run to the sweet 16 next year and along the way, play a couple of classic games that people remember a million doors open after that. Oh, all totally. of a sudden, then, then yeah. a Georgia tech is like, Hey, we'll go to Moraga, you know, like a Florida state is like, you guys want to come down here and then we'll, we'll meet you in Moraga in two years, you know, kind of thing right. like that, that happens as you, you just got to win games. And hopefully, hopefully you do outside of Vegas, Alex Jensen. I agree. Jack <laughs> Ferris. Uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, because you, you know, not only does that change the perception of you nationally, but you just start getting better players. And I, I think that, I, I think that, that w- I've seen that happen in my time at St. Mary's already. You know, the guys are getting right now are, are, are higher level, especially American recruits, you know, than they've, they've gotten in the last handful of years, you know, a guy like Chris Howell, who's, who's redshirting right now, Randy Bennett compared to like a Stephen Holt, you know, five, six years ago, that guy's probably playing right now, but the program's in a really good place where they're old, first of all, this season. But I just think the level of guy that they're getting um, is, is, is higher. So I think that's the first step. Right. Um, and then the next step is just luck of the draw and March a little bit, you know, and I think they're going to have a chance this year, man. I really do think they're going to have a chance to win a couple of games in March because they're deep. They have a, an elite defense. Uh, they're an elite defensive club. Since, since that BYU game in, in, uh, the, at the beginning of conference play, their offense has been like a top 25 offense efficiency-wise in the country. And, and we, you know, we saw in Spokane how, how good the Gales are against a team that's elite in getting up and down the floor at imposing their will in terms of tempo. You know, so I, I really think they have a chance this year. I really do. We could do this all day long. I don't know, but they I, do have a chance. I don't want to keep you much longer. And there's two more things I need to address with you. Number one, most importantly, Alex Jensen just got engaged this past week, this weekend, right? Uh, Friday. Yeah. I actually, I, I took the, the BYU game off and got to fill in for the BYU game. Oh, you took game off. There's only yeah, like well, 33, 34 games a year, my man. I know, but her family is from the East coast and I wanted, okay. I wanted to make sure I did it right. And they came, they came out for the engagement uh, did she for, know? for the weekend. She had a feeling it was coming, yeah. but she didn't know like when it happened, you know, you've been here down by the water. I yep. waited for her down by the water. She was on a walk with a friend and kind of, kind of surprised her there. So congratulations. Uh, it was to a you. fun weekend Yeah, Thank congr- you. to you and Sammy. Um, and then on, on a much lesser scale, Sammy's number one, <laughs> this is number two, uh, absolute career goal for you calling a major league baseball game for the Oakland athletics, a team you grew up rooting for. Hey, you called not one, but two games this past year, three, three. Congratulations, yeah. man. Thank What's it like you. being in the booth working with, I mean, did you work with Fosse? I work. Well, I have worked with Fosse in the past. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I mean, just in terms of, I don't know how many A's fans are listening. I was this, just but, thinking, I was just thinking yeah. like, there's nobody who's listening to this who, well, there's like, I think A's. there's a lot of, a lot of Gonzaga, a lot of people that went to Gonzaga are from the Bay area. There are, so there, there's a, there, there's a few. They'll understand it. And baseball fans who, you know, were, were fans of baseball in the seventies will understand that know who Ray Fosse is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ray, Ray Fosse was great. I was actually, um, I was working in the three games with, um, with one of the, one of the two radio guys, Vince Catronio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, man, getting to do play by play in major league game three times. Like, I mean, it's just, it doesn't get any better. You know? I am. I imagine once the first pitch is thrown, it's just like any other game. For yeah. that, I'm sure sleep was hard to come by the night before. Oh. I'm sure there was not a lot of food being digested from Alex Jensen yeah. the day well, of. Kind of here's how it went, right? They called me uh, in March uh, before last season, offered yeah, yeah. me two games. And uh, yeah, before the first one, didn't sleep a wink. Like, you know, I had the um, I had the lineups right before first pitch, and then my innings were three and four and seven. Uh, so very once I got to the booth, I think it was a little bit it calmed the nerves a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't. And then, and then the third game, they asked me to come back. So I, I, it, that made it a little bit easier. Right. That I knew I had done a good enough job to earn, uh, another game. And, uh, yeah, man, it was a dream come true. Thank you for bringing that. Thanks for asking about that. That was, um, that was a real thrill 
that's 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 a long-term goal for sure congratulations yeah i i think a lot of people don't realize once you have that job in baseball you don't give it up so for for unless you're asked to leave the goal (laughs) is to not be asked to leave right hopefully you never have to give an on-air apology what when it would be the worst and then call a home run in the middle of it um yeah (laughs) that was hilarious though (laughs) that was for everyone else that was pretty funny for Alex Jensen to crack the MLB in his mid thirties is, uh, is really incredible. So, so hats off to you, Alex. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, it. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. I missed you. I said, I just said, I hope we get a good one this Saturday. What's your final score prediction? Ooh, I think, ah, man, that's such a good question. It feels like Gonzaga is kind of getting to that point in the year right now where it's like, I don't want to say going through the motions, but you know, they're, I mean, when the Gales went up there, they were playing every, you know, Gonzaga was winning every game by like 30 points. Yeah. And I don't know if the rest of the league is, is, has adjusted a little bit or, you know, maybe the Zags are kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, we know who's going to win the West coast conference already. They clinched it. Right. Um, But I, you know, we talked about this last time, right? They get up for St. Mary's. Zags get up for the Gales. Gales get up for the Zags. Um, You're such really a media tough. guy. You're such a media guy because I ask you one question. 45 seconds later, I haven't gotten anything close to an answer. Dude, I don't know what the final score is going to be, man. Uh, man. I'll say 72-70, but I'm not saying who's going to win. Okay, I'll go 70. Zags hate covering, so I'll go... I'll go 76, 64. What do you think the spread's going to be? Oh, wait. Yeah. No, that would, that's probably like right on it. It's probably 12. So I'll I go. That'd s- be 12. I, I, I think it could be, I think it'd be 10. All right. I'll go, I'll go. Well, then I want the Zags to cover. So I'll go for once. I'll go 76, 65. Alex Jensen, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, man. Good to see you. Thank you to Alex. Thank you to you guys. Thank you to betonline.ag. Thank you to NordVPN. Thank you to Athletic Greens. Once again, folks, every Friday morning, Rob, I, and Christian, (laughs) producer Christian, are on Gonzaga Nation SI. Uh, See you on Friday. Check us out. And again, another episode coming out uh, before the end of the week. So just so much sack and jack up in your business this week. From the corner! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.